Hello and welcome to the Nebraska Prep Zone Report, a podcast from the World Herald brought to you by MD West One, Nebraska's most advanced sports medicine, orthopedics, neurosurgery, and spine care covering greater Omaha for over 70 years. I'm your host as always, Jake Anderson, and joining me via Zoom, Mike Sauter. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm good. Doing well. In a, in a good place today, I think. So, yeah. I'm glad you're in a good place because uh, <laughs> don't know what we'd do if you weren't. Well, uh, yeah. But, I mean, what I mean by that, like, spirits are high and you know, I'm generally in a good mood today. Well, that's good. That's good. We, we don't have a special guest today, but we have a rundown of topics that we wanted to hit, namely Avante Dickerson committing to Minnesota last Friday. Um, and I know that was a bit of a surprise for some people here in Nebraska. They thought he might pick the Huskers. He had LSU and Ohio State offers. Boston College was closed with Ohio State's former defensive coordinator. But P.J. Fleck and those virtual meetings helped convince him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wrote something, I, I think it was a, week, a month or so ago, on Avante and his recruitment and what it's looking like. and he really mentioned Boston college heavily mentioned Minnesota. It was after the virtual visit with Minnesota um, is when I wrote about it. And he talked really highly of Minnesota and the process. And uh, even the quotes in that story were, were kind of Minnesota. Now, did I think he was going to go to Minnesota? No. Um, did I think he was going to commit to Nebraska? I no. Um, I actually thought it'd be Boston college. That was my, that was my, my gut feeling um, just from talking to him. And he has a great relationship with the um, new head coach there who was the defensive back coach at Ohio State. Also, uh, he brought with him, obviously, some, some people from Ohio State and a special teams coordinator that, that Avante had a good relationship is at Boston College, too. So I th- that's where I thought he probably was going to land. Um, you know, I mean, he visited Nebraska multiple times. Um, he did visit Ohio State. Uh, he, he didn't visit, obviously, Boston College and hasn't physically visited uh, Minnesota. But, you know, I mean, Minnesota has a brand-new football facility. Uh, coach is pretty, obviously, high energetic and highly energetic. And, uh, and frankly, they're winning uh, right now. So it actually came down to those three schools, Minnesota, Nebraska, Boston College and Oregon. Um, those were the four that were recruiting him the hardest. And, and if he was, a, when, you know, after he committed, I talked to him and we wrote, I wrote something. And um, in that, he, he basically named those four schools. Yes, he did have an offer from Ohio State and LSU, but I'm not sure those were committable at this point because they kind of just quit talking to him. And part of the reason Ohio State quit talking to him as much um, was because of the Boston College move from the defensive backs coach. So that, that was a, a part of it. And LSU, I mean, a lot of people talk about, okay, he has LSU and whatever, and he chose Minnesota over them. But, I, you know, really it was over those other three schools, uh, Nebraska, Boston College, and Minnesota. Or, and and, um, and sorry, Oregon. And as, as we said, we didn't expect him to pick Nebraska, even though he had taken multiple visits there. It just didn't seem like that was going to happen. But it is still a loss with him picking a division rival. If it were Boston College or Oregon, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a loss because it's in-state talent. It's a good corner. 
but it's more of a loss with him joining a team that is probably right now a program that is up and up better than Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota landing uh, Dickerson was huge for a couple of reasons. One, it's P.J. Flex, highest-rated recruit um, since he's been at Minnesota, so that's something. Uh, two, he's a, a good football player, so that obviously helps. And projects out after he you know, gains weight. His frame and all of that is perfect to get him up to about 185 or something with weights with uh, weight room work and that. I mean, he's about 165 is what he's listed at, 170 right now. So uh, I would say he's, he he's projects very highly. Uh, he has great length, super fast. We, we know that. He can run. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's a, it's a good fit for that reason. Another reason is Minnesota is trying to make a push into this area. Uh, when I say this, I mean the Omaha Metro with – Council Bluffs there too. And, um, you know, basically coming into Omaha and getting a kid that's that high caliber uh, is huge for Minnesota because now they can say, hey, look, uh, Omaha kid, we got this kid. And, you know, we beat out Nebraska, which is, you know, 45 minutes down the road to get him. So um, that's a, it's a pretty big recruiting coup uh, for him. And, Frankly, I mean, there's a lot of talk about Nebraska and Omaha kids and that. I mean, my gut feeling, my gut, my yeah, my gut feeling, and 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 just talking to, um, you know, kids basically every day, like I do, from majority of them from Omaha and the Metro is like, it, Nebraska's great, and it'd be great to get an offer, and a lot of kids are hoping for an offer from Nebraska. But some of those high-level kids that have other options, it's not like the end-all, be-all. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, Nebraska offered. Wow, this is, that's where I'm going. I've been waiting for this my whole life. I, that's, that's not the case for a lot of kids. And until Nebraska gets to be, you know, a little more successful of a program, I, I, I don't see that changing. I mean, I, I don't think kids uh, really – you know, look at Nebraska like that's where I have to go because I live in Nebraska and I, you know, grew up here and stuff. I mean, if you're talking about a 16-year-old kid, look at Nebraska in the last 16 years. Right. What is, but this, was, this wasn't a case of Nebraska missing on them, like a Harrison Phillips or a Noah no, fan. This no. was a player that had other options that chose to go to Minnesota and since Frost has came back, Nebraska has done a better job. I mean, just in the same class as Dickerson, they already have the commitment from Teddy Prohaska. They're on A.J. Rollins and Keegan Johnson. Right. They're, they are recruiting the metro area, but to your point, the mystique of the 90s, it's, it's not there currently. And uh, Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, some of these, let's just take, uh, Keegan Johnson, for example, obviously his dad played in Nebraska time, all, like, you know, huge fan and all everything. So uh, if, if Keegan Johnson doesn't use Nebraska, I think that's probably a much bigger deal um, just because of, um, you know, who his dad is and all of that. Um, but Avante Dickerson, not, I, I just, I look at it like, some of these kids, coaches and parents and stuff grew up being Nebraska fans, but these kids don't know what 
you know, Nebraska being actually really good is like. Um, and also when fans, when a kid gets somewhere and fans are, you know, bashing the kid or saying, oh, you know, well, he wasn't that good enough or whatever, that, that doesn't help. Fans and other, I guess, media people saying that, um, it, that certainly doesn't, doesn't help. Because kids see that they they read that they they pay attention right. to that. So um, Nebraska would have taken Dickerson with open arms, no question. Yeah, but no. but in my opinion, if Nebraska could have one of Prohaska or Dickerson, even though Dickerson's the higher rated guy, I think that Prohaska is better for Nebraska rebuilding that offensive line, getting in-state offensive line, and getting the pipeline. You know, as fans say, mm-hmm. I think that that's if they could get only one, I think that's the better one. Yeah, I mean, you I mean, you'd take them both obviously any day. Um <laughs> I would. But you know, I mean, I guess I can see that point, but you know, Avante is not every day kids run a 4-3. Not every day kids have that length and size that he does. Um, you know, a lot of people question his toughness and all that stuff and um, you know, that's that's on them. I I guess I've not necessarily fully questioned that um at all. So um, I, you know, they're, they're, they're my one and two rated player in the state as far as in-state recruiting rankings go. Um, I don't, not sure that's going to change. Maybe, I mean, Keegan's definitely pushing, um, that spot. And then Rollins I have, I think at four right now. So, um, we'll see, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think Rollins or Johnson's ready to, you know, jump on anything right now or, or commit, but. You know, I guess I didn't see Avante Dickerson committing on Friday either. <laughs> Speaking of some other talented players with good offers, last last weekend was busy for Mike O'Reilly and Deshaun Woods. Yeah, uh, Mike O'Reilly, wow. Um, both of them, I guess, had pretty busy weeks. Riley with an offer. And Devin Jackson, we got thrown there too. 2020, three 2022 kids, so just sophomores. And um, – in Riley got an offer from Penn State, uh, uh, Mi- Missouri. Yeah, Penn State, Michigan, Missouri, Buffalo offered. Uh, you know, good for them, but I don't see that happening. One of those schools is not like the others, right? Um, and you know, I, I talked to Riley. I'll have something um, written up here, and we'll probably use this video for it. But uh, I talked to him and. You know, he was kind of surprised that uh, that the offers came. It kind of, it's. He said, you know, quote is it, it was crazy just this week. I mean, um, you know, or or a handful of days. And same thing with with um, Deshaun Woods. Talked to him last week too, and he says kind of cool. I mean, Michigan State offers him, and um, Texas A and M and Florida. Yeah, Texas A and M, Florida. I mean, Florida comes. Florida and Texas A and M come into Omaha and offer a sophomore. That doesn't happen very often. Right. Um, so a lot of it's based on, you know, his size. I mean, he's a big, strong dude. If you just – you see him walking, you know, around a gym and stuff. I'll, I'll never forget I, I went to Omaha Central basketball home game and he was there and he's just walking around, big smile on his face, and he's just jeans and a T-shirt, and it's like, wow, like that dude looks – he's huge. Like he's a monster. Like he's physically put together. I mean, he's, that's part of why um, those schools offered him. So 
he also, you know, at halftime stood in front of the band, pep band and started like orchestrating the pep band, which I thought was pretty fun. And just a kid that, you know, at that point he had offers from Nebraska and a couple other schools. He could have been big time people and walking around with a different personality, but he was just having fun. And that, I, I love to kind of see that and him just go being in a student section and, you know, a lot of a lot of times kids that, that get offers like that at a young age kind of think they're um, cooler than everyone else. And is it, that wasn't Woods, not in that situation. Definitely. Um, and Jackson, probably, sorry, Devin Jackson, linebacker yeah. for Burke, I'm going to touch on him. He got Michigan offer, I believe, last week too. Um, he's at Illinois, Nebraska, uh, Missouri, uh, Arizona State. Um, so he's, he's got some juice too. And I, you know, I talked to Riley and Woods both and they said, you know, it's really cool that they're getting these offers because they think it'll help, um, other kids in the class or other kids from Nebraska, not just themselves, um, to kind of get recognized. So no kids are aware of that. And, and that's good that they're aware of that. I, I think as someone that is, you know, a, a big supporter of, Nebraskans and, and kids in Nebraska and, and think it's kind of an undervalued state recruiting uh, on a national level. I, you know, it's, it's good that those kids recognize that this is something that, you know, they can impact other people's lives, not just theirs. But, you know, if coaches are watching their film or come into practices or games and stuff like that. And that's how more players do get more offers. Right. And speaking of more players getting more offers, the other thing last week was your in-state recruiting rankings for basketball 2021 and 2022 were the main ones I wanted to focus on because since 2020 is wrapped up. Um, and the big thing is the race at the top in 2021, Hunter Salas versus Chucky Hepper. Right. Um, you know, I, it was only probably a matter of time. I, so how we do the play rankings, a lot of people don't sort of, know this they just think you know oh you look at offers and that just is a given well we use everything uh when when i look at the player rankings the it is production on the court that you've actually had via high school or aau stuff um i don't like to rank anyone that i haven't seen in person at least one time and majority of it i've seen them more than once um and then i do look at tape like the highlight tapes and, and that um, like one player, great highlight tape, uh, Jack Heist, number 25 in our 2022 rankings. Um, and I haven't seen him play in person, but, uh, you look at this tape, you put his highlight on, it's great. Uh, you got to look at level of competition and all that. But I also reached out to high school coaches that have either coached him in the summer or, um, coached against him and just to get their opinion too on, you know, what he does well, what he doesn't maybe do well, you know, things like that. So that, 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 uh, we take all of it into consideration, but we, we had Hepburn one, uh, the first two iterations, this was the third. And, uh, the reason for that was if you remember, and obviously the story, I think majority of people that are watching this know the story is, you know, Salas didn't start as a freshman, didn't play a ton as a freshman and Hepburn did. And, that was pretty really successful from the jump. So we we take that high school career and all that stuff into consideration, meaning like production, how far your team kind of goes, what piece are you to that team, um, and and that's why we had 
you know, Chucky there. And then, you know, now it, it obviously makes sense to have, have Hunter um, be the number one guy. And, um, you know, it, I don't know if that'll change uh, in the next few iterations that we do. I, I'm, I'm almost certain it probably won't. Um, but I'll tell you what, I, I don't think either one of them really cares where they're rated in my play rankings at all. So um, I, I really don't. Your player rankings are the end all be all. Yeah. No. Uh, that's something too is, you know, I, I get a lot of messages and stuff as far as when player ranking comes out. One, I, I hope people understand, like, it's a lot of work that goes into doing those. We don't just put a name with a, a number and then a name. Um, you know, we, we try and get the correct measurements or if we have or if we took the correct measurements at like let's say our top 50 camp we use a lot of those measurements or the official things from uh, their huddle or uh, whether it's listed on their max preps or in player rosters and stuff from the school or you know if I can't find that stuff then I try and reach out to the high school coach ask hey what is this person weigh or their height right now um, so we do that and then we actually give a little bit of an evaluation um, so a couple of sentences for each kid that we rank because, um, and it's positive. Stuff. It's nothing like, well, this kid can't do this. Uh, it's more, it's more on the positive side. We never, you know, say anything negative. So that is, uh, kind of, I mean, that's why I think makes the play rankings that, that I put together, uh, you know, pretty special and different because you don't see that at all. They're about as detailed as it gets. To me, your scouting notes is what adds the most credence to them, and it shows that these are kids that you know and that you've seen multiple times, and you're not just saying, okay, well, Jason Green, the number one player in 2022, well, he, yep, he's number 21 or number one because, you know, all this and that. Yeah. He has a Nebraska offer. It's, it's yeah. I, I have Jason Green number one because he can do X, Y, and Z. Right. And that's, yeah. that's important. I mean, that's all that is – you know, through watching a bunch of AU basketball, a bunch of high school games, um, that's uh, like kind of there's all the all all kinds of notes. Um, one just in notebooks, and two, you know, keep them in certain just drives and stuff like that that I go back and type up. So uh, that matters. Definitely. Um, you can find the full rankings on nebhsrecruiting.com as well as your column going a little bit more in depth on some of the other spots in the rankings where some player like the debate for three and four in some spots and the talented top 10 in 2022. Yeah. The 22 classes. Um, obviously I, I think it's clear uh, at this point that Jason Green's number one um, in that class Miller North kid. I, I think it's, He's, he's clear, but I will say Isaac Trout is, is closing that gap. If you would have said uh, before the start of the season that Isaac Trout would be the number two guy, a lot of people would look at you crazy. Um, and clearly everyone has Jason Green, I think, just casual high school basketball observers would have Jason Green as number one in that class. I, I think that's clear. Um, it, there was a huge gap between him and everybody else. Uh, at the beginning of the year, then I think Trout really proved himself and uh, came on really strong, you know, since Jan in January and February, and uh, is you know I mean six eight kid that's that skilled. He's he's not as wide as it was I think at the beginning of the year between those two. 
And then, you know, after that, it gets kind of split in hair. Um, you have um, the four, I guess, guards. One, one's more of a wing, but you have the, the four kind of guards and Chandler Meeks and Reggie Thomas, the two West Side kids, pretty similar players. Not a lot of separation between those two guys at all. Um, and then uh, Jay Dawson and P.J. Davis and at Omaha Central and Jay's going to probably be more of a wing if he gets to be you know about 6'6 he's going to be really tough to deal with guy that likely you know could move up and um, another one is uh, Luke Junger from prep he has all the tools he's 6'8 six, 6'9 six, um, can shoot the three really well um, and all that so it, it, he's a guy that is likely to kind of move up and then rounding out that top 10 was um, uh, Kyle Ingerson from uh, Papillion La Vista, and that's a kid that really had a nice summer last year, but physically started kind of maturing a little bit um, since since the summer. And uh, you know, quarterback on the football team, he's likely going to be the, the starting quarterback at Papillion this year, I guess, if we have football. Um, and uh, and really like stretched out a little bit. He kind of looks the part. Has some length and kind of physical attributes that you look for can shoot the three pretty well all those things so when you when you, when you put it all together you're like okay here's where kids are now and what we what we think now there's some kids in there and those in even in the you know teens uh, that we have rated now where we're like okay i expect them to go uh up a little higher it's we try and do like i said what they've done um on the high school level and how many games they played, started, all that stuff, um, and what they've done, AAU things. We look at that tape. We obviously take in um, scholarship offer consideration, uh, but we try and use the projection piece too on like, okay, well, this kid's going to be this, or we think he's going to be this. Um, but, you know, a lot of it too is the analytical numbers, like how many points did they score? Did they shoot? What they shoot from three? What they shoot from two? What was their assist to turnover ratio? Um, you know, in in one in one case, it was so close uh, between uh, two players where we, I mean, frankly, there was uh, a few game four game stretch that you looked at, and uh, one player was like one of fourteen from three in that four game stretch, and the other one um, just didn't have any of that. I mean, that's how deep kind of get into the analytical pieces. Um, so that just, when you look at it and it's that close, well, that maybe a little thing like that is a deciding factor. Definitely. That's a good inside look at your rankings. Um, and again, you can check those out at nebhsrecruiting.com. Um, so the first half, first chunk of this podcast was breaking down some news and notes. And this, this next part here is going to, if you, you'll have to indulge, let us indulge in a little bit of speculation here this isn't something that's coming to nebraska it's just a story that we found interesting that we want to discuss why it could work for nebraska why it's unlikely to happen in nebraska um florida governor ron DeSantis um said parents will be able to decide if they want their children to repeat this year's grade level during the 2021 school year and so the orlando sentinel great article here could this lead to another year of eligibility for seniors, um, mainly in spring sports. And it, it really is unlikely because of all the bylaws that would need to change and everything there. 
but it would be a great thing for those seniors that had no season and lost the recruiting or lost just one more year of play. But then you would have the potential of 19 year olds facing off against 14 year olds. It seems like it's a, would create a messy situation. And again, this isn't anything that's being discussed by the NSAA, and we don't think that there will be any proposal brought to the NSAA for it. I, I will tell you, I, uh, I reached out to NSA people, a couple now, uh, uh, two, um, that work there and all that. Yes, it would take um, a Herculean effort to get this done. I, I, obviously, I, I can't see it happening here or happening really anywhere in the country, honestly. Um, one, you'd have to change a bunch of bylaws um, because there's age limits and birth dates and stuff like that. I just don't, I, I don't see it happening. I, I'm not saying that, that the kids that missed out this spring shouldn't, you know, it doesn't stink for them because it absolutely does. But, you know, when you have, you're, you're never going to have a 19 year old playing against a 14 year old on the same field. Can you imagine football? Like in smaller schools, let's say, uh, let's say your class C2 or D1, D2, eight man, stuff like that. Eight man, six man, you have a 19 year old playing football on the same field as a 14 year old. No, I mean, that's just, that's crazy to even like, <laughs> and then and you wrap your head around that. You would have to imagine, though, it would only be for spring sports because seniors in, mm-hmm. in fall and winter, they had their seasons, they had their last ride, for lack of a better expression. Right. And, but even then, okay, what do, you know, roster accommodations for baseball um what do you have for a 19 year old is obviously going to be further advanced in track do you a record that a 19 year old sets do you put an asterisk next to it if he sets a record at the state track meet i I just a 19 year old yeah i that's it's just it is highly unlikely that this ever even gets brought up specifically I just couldn't see it happening. One, it, it, it's not just the NSAA. Everyone uses like, well, it's the NSAA. Well, no, it's the membership. The, the NSAA just does what the membership t- wants them to do, meaning the, uh, it would have to pass multiple phases of a bylaw change, which are hard to do anyway. Two, I don't know how they would have meetings on it right now to get something done as quickly as they would need to between now and August. Um, I just, I think it's a great kind of conversation topic. People give some people something to, you know, think about and talk about the odds of it happening. I would put it a, a zero as it gets. Um, yeah. Not, that's not to my, mention, that, that's my opinion, but right. Yeah. Not to mention a lot of these high schools are already at capacity. So if you say, okay, you can come back and you're only going to compete in athletics. You don't have to do any of the classwork. That, that doesn't seem like it works either because, okay, how are you maintaining your athletic eligibility if you're not meeting the academic requirements? Right. It, that doesn't make a lot of – it just it, – there's a thing called postgraduate years or postgrad schools or prep schools. Um, if a parent or a kid feels like they missed out in the spring, uh, this spring because of, you know, recruiting opportunities or whatever and not playing – well, then go to a post-grad school and, and uh, wish you luck on that. 
we should we should know a lot of um, college freshmen do come back and play legion legion baseball mm-hmm. when they are 19 but that's that's a little bit different that's it's to me that's that's different it's legion baseball it's you do have to be 19 year old i believe to compete in that and not every school does allow those college freshmen to come back well you you also have different age levels as far as legion's concerned um there isn't just one like you know age group level whatever so that that kind of the juniors is called juniors is the kind of upper level or, or the older kids so um they they do split them up or at least i know they used to so yeah, you, have, that, you have senior and junior legion yeah. you wouldn't you don't have 19 year olds competing against 14 year olds right baseball. it's a little yeah. different so yeah but like we noted purely speculation fun discussion don't see it happening i would be absolutely shocked if it <laughs> well i enjoyed you you opening your notebook it was this was a really fun discussion until next time thanks to our sponsor md west one and thanks for listening As the official team doctors for high school and college teams across Greater Omaha, MD West One Sports Med doctors can get you back into the game stronger than ever. Meet the Sports Med team at mdwestone.com or call 402-390-4111.